Welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable. It is 4.08 p.m. on Sunday, May 31st. I'm here with a considerable crowd. Thank you all for showing up. Um, uh, so we have newcomer uh, M. What should I call you? M. Emma? That works. Um, Emma. M works. M. Great. We'll call you M. Uh, and you are Mia's sister. Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth. You know, uh, you get that like subconscious <laughs> M in there. Anyway, I'm clearly frazzled already. You would get why don't I, why higher don't I just turn different it over? Um, dynamic between me and my sister. Um, you know, can I just turn the show over to you, Elizabeth, to start today? You, you, you are a veteran. You've been here since the beginning. You know what we do. Sure. Well, um, <laughs> this does usually work better when we introduce ourselves. So let's uh, let my sister know who we are. You know okay. who I am. But for everybody else. At Unicorn36902 on Twitter, The Wandering Unicorn, anywhere you want to look for me. I read books. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't know. Faye, you are muted, dear. Hello. Uh, Hello. Okay. Uh, my uh, Twitter handle is at Tisdoney, T I S D O N E Y. Pass it to Zach. <laughs> that works. Popcorn. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Um, I'll turn my forward to see. How terrible is my space? Can can you hear me? All right, not so oh. terrible. I mean, it could be worse. All right, I can hear you, Zach. Please continue. Oh, okay. Well, um, definitely looking forward to today's conversation. Um, my name is Zach, and uh, if you want my Twitter, it's z a c h underscore sacker s a c h e r, and I also host my own YouTube slash Spotify, Apple, Google podcast. It's called the Liberal Conservative Report. Thank you, Zach. Now, I'll go ahead and introduce myself, uh, because I didn't introduce the show, so I can introduce myself and the show at the same time. My name is Shale, and I am the producer of this show called the Yang Gang Roundtable, and the concept of the show is that we take a lot of basic income advocates who come from many different walks of life and have many different ideologies, and we bridge communication gaps between them, and we figure out how we can work together to pass a universal basic income. And it's been a lot of fun, and I think it's been dare I say, even a little bit effective, and that's very exciting. Uh, so, feeling good. Thank you all for showing up. Really great to see you. Uh, and we usually introduce ourselves at the beginning of the show in this way, and I say, as a sort of tagline, it's a show about poverty, basic income, and electoral politics. And those three things are very tightly intertwined, especially this year being a big election year, a big old, big old, crazy election year. So I've taken a very long time to introduce myself uh, who is, who's going on next? Uh, do we, did you, did, who do we not do yet? What, what, where, where are we going in? Uh, we haven't done Moto. Okay. I am Moto. I am Shill's, uh, old friend and roommate. And, uh, as he likes to remind people, Dungeon Master. Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition to be, yes. And, uh, I can be reached at M-O-T-O underscore M-O-T-E-S on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you, my dungeon master. Uh, so who's next? Um, Mia. Mia. Hi. Um, Hello, I'm Mia, our yeah. scheduler, who thank you so much. When we got this thing started, we could never have done it without your logistical help. And we're going to need it again when we get the whole UBI caucus together, hopefully, as much as we can. To uh, I'd like to, if we can, get them, get some, a lot of them together. So um, thank you for scheduling these things, Mia. No problem. We've kind of got a little bit of a flow going on now, so uh, yeah. it's been uh, nice and light work for me recently. 
Um, I uh, am at Mia Songbird on Twitter, and uh, I think you did a good enough job introducing me. Uh. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I try. Um, I've had enough practice at this point, right? This is right. Um, so who is left? We have Jeremy left, and uh, Emily kind of already introduced herself. All right. So Jeremy. Hi, this is Jeremy. Uh, I am the co-producer of the Yang Game Roundtable podcast. And I am also currently trying to get a super PAC off the ground that is focused on, or will be focused on, electing uh, Republicans that support a universal basic income. So if you would like to be a part of that project, please hit me up on Twitter. You can find me at Jeremy Sammons one and that is J-E-R-E-M-Y-S-A-M-M-O-N-S, and the number one. Thank you, Jeremy. All right. Um, so it's been uh, a historic week for news. Um, we've had a bunch of really densely packed episodes uh, with, with guests. And uh, we haven't had too much of a chance to just um, talk about the news amongst our, our regular uh, our regular cast of speakers. So uh, without further delay, I just I, I would open up the floor to anyone who would like to bring up anything relevant to well, our well, focus. Yeah, so that's um, kind of why I've got her here. Uh, and she did sort of introduce herself, but this is my sister, Emily. She's not a regular member of our podcast, and she was uh, out at the protest yesterday in our capital in Wisconsin, Madison, and um, was there for most of the afternoon and into this morning. And yeah. if she wants to take it away for there, she got she was there to get pictures and to intercede between the police and... Yes, pretty, please, please tell us about that. Pretty we much. Someone, we had someone from uh, the Fort Wayne protests on, and she, she had an incredible story. Um, please, it's, please tell us as much as you can. Yeah. Definitely. So I was there all day, um, like Liz said, and I got there at probably, well, not all day. I got there at like 1 p.m. Um, and my initial impression, I was like, wow, okay, this is very peaceful um, and not what I had expected because I had expected, you know, a little more outrage based on things that I've been seeing. But I guess it had gone from what I've been hearing pretty similar to how other things went. It started really, really peacefully. And at one point, I actually left. I was like, this is kind of boring. Um, and me and my friends were like, okay, well, we'll go back to downtown Madison and we'll we'll get drunk because that's what people do here. We were like, everything is so normal. We'll go have a crazy night out. Like, good protest, everybody. Um, I still had my camera because, you know, what chances are. Um, but when we got down there, that's when like everything had just turned. Like I said, it was like really, really boring. And then all of a the sudden there was, there was people in full like riot gear. And we were like, what just happened? Um, and it turns out someone had broken into Goodman Jewelers. Uh, and that's kind of what it seemed like was the catalyst for everything in Madison, uh, which is really unfortunate because Goodman Jewelers does so much for the community, specifically uh, the black community. Um, they they fund the only outdoor pool in Madison, which is the only pool that gives like black kids swim lessons. Um, so they're really they're really involved. And if any of the if it had been any protester, that wouldn't have happened. And as soon as protesters heard, the protesters are the people that showed up to Goodman Jewelers with like the owner themselves and got people out of there. Like the cops didn't even the cops weren't even there for hours but it was it was protesters that got people out and then after that they broke into the overture museum um which is a, a pretty a pretty notable notable building in downtown madison um and that's when 
when they broke into the overture center, that's when like, no, like words started going around that like, okay, things are, things are happening. Um, and most of the people that started flooding Madison were people just trying to see what was going on. It was people that were like, oh my God, like there's, there's cops in riot gear. Like someone broke into the overture center. What's going on? It was people with cameras that just wanted to see the response, um, which is frustrating because the cops weren't focusing on the people that were actually doing the harm. They were focusing on the people responding. They were focusing on everybody else that was watching the situation. And it, it was so frustrating because I, I was one of them. I ended up running around. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with uh, how Madison is set up. Um, but basically, we have the Capitol and then we have State Street and it runs runs all the way down. And that's where everything pretty much everything happened last night. I mean, there were a few more lootings that took place after everything subsided, but that was more just people taking advantage of the chaos. Um, but how it was set up is the cops, there was the Capitol, and then there was a group of protesters, and that's where I had started. And then the cops were here, and then further down State Street was where everything was being broken into. And the cops were focused on people that were that were staring at them just in between the Capitol, not really doing anything. And everything was happening behind. And I don't I don't understand that personally. Like we weren't we weren't an issue. We just wanted to see what the hell was going on. Um, but then like then they started tear gassing once once the people over over on the overture side started throwing like bottles and stuff at the cops and they tear gassed them and then they started tear gassing the people at the Capitol, the people that were being peaceful. Um, and that was the side that I was on. And then at that point I got really frustrated and I stood on the front line. Um, and there was a, there was that, it, it was really, really powerful. Um, especially like after having been tear gassed, like you're sitting there, you can't breathe. And the more you try to breathe, the worse it gets. And they're standing there like making, not making eye contact with you. And it's, it's such, you can't put that feeling into words. Like, oh God, I was shaking. I was like, at that point I was yelling. I was like, you just tear gassed a bunch of innocent people that were like dead ass just standing here with cameras. No one on this side was like threatening you. Like there was no reason. Um, and like one of, uh, I can't even, I'm sorry. I'm not very eloquent right now. Still pretty shaken up. Um, no, it's, it's all right. Thank you. I mean, just... You're more eloquent than I am on days when I'm yeah. not showing up, so keep going. <laughs> but um, okay. I was I was like standing up there and I was yelling at them because I was upset and I was like, I I've always thought better of the Madison police, and you know that's probably because I'm white. <laughs> that there's my white privilege. Like I thought bad, better of the police, I guess. Um, and I I said that I was like I thought you guys would be better. I thought you guys would be you know protesting with us. That's what I thought would happen in this city. And you're standing there and you're tear gassing the people that are peaceful. Like there are people breaking in over there. Um, and like, uh, just like standing there yelling at them and like, th they wouldn't look at us. And like, that really got to me. They wouldn't make eye contact. And a few of them were even laughing and like, Ooh, Ooh, I'll get to that. They were freaking laughing and, ugh. um, but, but when I noticed that they weren't making eye, t eye contact, I yelled at them and I was like, you won't even look at me. After what you just did to me, you won't even look at me. And there was, there was one woman that was front and center that locked eyes with me. And I, I looked at her and I was like, thank you. Like, thank you for being a human. Like, do you feel good about this? Like, how can you stand there and feel good about this? How can you stand there? 
how and she like there were tears in her eyes and she was she was actually crying and i kind of made a joke i was like oh it looks like you're crying or that's just the tear gas but i was like no that's good i'm glad that you're human and i hope none of you can sleep at night like I understand that you need there to be, you, you need to protect your city, but you need to be over there. Like, you need to be over there. Like, you're not protect, ah, ah. Um, then I got maced again. No, not right then. Um, <laughs> no, the true to your guess very shortly after that. Uh, it wasn't, it, it was, it was very like, you didn't get long to stand there. You really didn't. It was interesting. Um, there was also a big focus on like the protesters wanted to put up a barrier in between the cops and the protesters. And from, from my point of view, I understood that entirely. Like it it was terrifying standing toe to toe with them. That was that like one of the captains like had a baton in his hand and was like flicking it. And I'm like, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Like I'm threatened to shove it up your ass, but I'm terrified. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so the protesters started putting up a fence, um, and there's the, there's there's one one white male. I'm gonna name him. His name's Atticus, and he's got quite the police record. And he decided he was going to push the fence, try to knock it over on top of the cops, and they sent it back on top of him. And then he left the situation because you know he lost. Good, he left. And like the other protesters, I will say the other protesters detained him. And I think there's even a picture of that because he was causing a lot of shit. He was just attacking cops because he hates cops because he has a criminal record. But like he has a criminal record because he dealt drugs. Um, And that is that is that is like the essence of where things went wrong in the protest. It's people with personal vendettas that did shit like that and started shit. But then once he was removed, there were protesters that were just trying to put back up the fence. And from a human perspective, I understood that. So I was like, okay, like, and I even said that to the cops. I was there and like, I'm very vocal. I was like, hey, man, it's just defense. Like the threat is gone. Can we just get it back up? It seems like a good idea to have a barrier. And like, I had vocalized that. I have been non-threatening this whole time. And there was a black man that had started putting the fence up and I went to help him. And all of a sudden I'm getting maced. Like, I clearly was not a threat. Like, the fence was not a threat. Why did you mace me? To assert your dominance? To show me I couldn't put up the fucking fence? Like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Whew. Grinds my gears. At that point, I, I, I went, I, I was getting more milk, sorry, poured all over my face. And I was, like, sticking my camera in the air because I was like, I'm not losing this. Um, and at that point, I, I, like, left the situation. I was like, I'm going to go check on the rest of this because... This isn't where this isn't where mayhem is happening. Like this is where cops are attacking nonviolent protesters, but this isn't the mayhem. Like this is fucked. But I wanted to check out the rest of State Street because I know like the geography and I know where where the looting was gonna start. And I really wanted to see how that was going to develop. I wanted to see like what was gonna start the chaos. So like I said, Capitals here, protesters here, cops are here, and then the rest of states over there. So I ran around the cops. And I, I go up and, oh, I wish, I wish I could show you the pictures of the Overture Center. You might have seen them online. I'm not sure. Um, but it, just the chaos over there, the broken windows. And I, I caught up to the people that were doing it because on the other side of the cops, it was, it was protesters yelling at the cops. And then it was protesters that were stopping people from breaking into buildings. And by people, I mean, it was honestly a group of 
about five people. It was a white man with a hammer whose face was entirely wrapped up. Um, but you could like see his arms. He was clearly white. Uh, and then there was like a, a black kid whose face was also all wrapped up. And then another white kid also face all wrapped up, like completely concealing their identities. But at least two white kids, two black kids, like it wasn't just a racial like thing. It was assholes. Um, and it was the same group going like and they started with Goodman Jewelers because, you know, it's got money. And then they hit up like the Contemporary Art Museum because there were purses. I don't know. They were going for things of value. Like it was terrible. And like the protesters were there trying to stop them with the small business owners. And like eventually, like I had like stopped people from going in because I, that, 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 you gotta, you gotta like shit. Um, but I like kept going. Oh, there was a cop car on fire. That was and like sorry that my story is so frazzled but that's how the how i was describing it to liz earlier there was multiple parts of this there was the protest there was a riot and then there was looting and like i was just running in between all of them like trying to like what the fuck's going on like and it's interesting because the police weren't responding to any of the looting and i don't know i guess that's stopped by the protests but like is is it ah it's frustrating because like you would think you would think that they would have they would have sympathized and like sent out their like their chiefs to like empathize with the community because i think by and large the madison like the madison community was pretty on board with the message but like they knew that the police force needed to be there to keep things calm but how they went about it was absolute shit they should have had like a few officers at places of business not like sitting there as meat as like literally like it's like they teamed up as to like give a force to fight like what like it, it it's like they got ready for war but that's not what it was and oh god but yeah so no the guy with the hammer i met up with him at like this cbd shop he, he like i heard the glass shatter and i i like turned and i was like oh hell no like that's small and family owned they just opened like don't do this and i walked over and like one of them got in but like i stopped the rest of their group and the guy in there was like guys like Bleh. they were like come on let's just go and then they like went further down the street and then i stopped at like our comic book store and i was like you're not getting in here <laughs> no one broke into the comic book store because that's not the people that were out <laughs> and I'm like, I'm kind of heartbroken because when I got further down the street, I got to my favorite um, head shop. So the people that like sell like bongs and stuff and the door was just shattered and it's a local like head shop. And I was like, oh, there was like a lot of like local artistry, like glass in there. And I just stood in front of the door and I was like, this is terrible. Um, this is this is hypothetical because this is recorded. Um, but in it. <laughs> In that, in that moment, in that moment, you go, you see that someone has started destroying a shop you love with breakable glass objects th that you've seen, that you know where they're at, that you, you know their value, you know that they're gorgeous, and it's something that, you know, has brought you joy. Do you walk past it and do you let other people steal it and break it? Do you? I, I couldn't. I definitely... In a hypothetical situation, I would have definitely gone in to that head shop and seen if there was, see, seen, A, what it looked like. And let me tell you, it was destroyed. And, like, that disgusts me. That, it, it, like, I was so heartbroken. I woke up, I, I walked up and just saw that, buddy, 
buddy. Um, I walked up in there and just, I saw the shattered, like, I expected, you know, shattered glass from, you know, shelves, display cases, whatever. I didn't expect to see all the shattered pieces. Like, guys, come on. Like, that's breaking, like, beautiful things just to break beautiful things. Like, it, it was senseless. So, like, I mean, in a hypoth- hypothetical scenario, definitely, definitely walked out of there. And, like, I think that that's what you have to understand, too, is not everyone that, like, was looting was just, like, oh, hey, we're just going to go, like, fuck shit up. There were, I want to say that there was more than people that, you know, more, more people like me that was, like, oh, fuck, like, you know, I have, I I have one, like, of the artist's actual pieces, like, and I'm, I'm heartbroken by that. There were, there were destroyed, like, local handmade pieces, and I'm, like, that's not fair. That's not fair to that local artist, and I, I got um, a seashell back, and, I can't, I can't quite read the name that they inscribed on the back of it, but my hope for that is to find that artist and give it the fuck back to him. Be like, hey, like, do something with this. Or like, because, like, I wouldn't have bought it. I wouldn't have. Like, I didn't. But, like, uh, uh. Sorry, that's, like, that's something that, I don't know, I just experienced. And, like, it was a very real feeling. I was like, what the fuck do you do? Like, no, all of it's literally ju- just being, like, broken and destroyed. Like, and, like, I I can rash like if I had gotten there first I I would have so there are a lot of commercial stores on State Street and a lot of those stores are the stores that got hard hit hardest and I love that about my community I love they sat there and they were like Urban Outfitters and Under Armour is getting destroyed and I was like yes go Madison because there are also a lot of like small like thrifty places that exist that got fucked up but didn't get railed because the protesters were like knock it off knock it off like that stuff is irreplaceable that stuff is handmade knock it off and i don't know i i think i think that's like i don't know i i've i have a weird compass like morally and it's when things are irreplaceable that i get upset like black lives are irreplaceable oh gosh i'm not trying to compare a black life to a bong right now and i didn't (laughs) shit um (laughs) It's okay. Oh, don't that's... don't be afraid. Everyone understands that you have good intentions. We know that's not what you meant. It's two uh, separate oh, issues. Don't worry. Two separate uh, issues. Like, really, thank you for just you know spilling your guts here because it's really good to have these accounts. These are historic things, and you're Sorry, extremely this is brave. Just... People throw it around, and we're all numb to it. But literally, physically, you, you really are brave. So I'm thank processing you. a you lot are. of this for the first time too. Like I I hope you guys understand that like. I got home at like 2 a.m. last night and went to bed. This is the first time I've talked about any of this. Whew. Um, I'm glad we're here to, you know, help you through it. This is hard for somebody to process on their own for sure, and it's good that we can be a support network for you right now too. On top of getting your account for history, dude, it was it was insane. Um, but yeah, no, so it, it was kind of funny too, like. Because people did, they they were like coming up to pipe fitter, and I was like, "Go to knuckleheads, go go destroy the corporate things. Like if you're gonna destroy things, go destroy the corporate things." And like that was overwhelmingly the feeling of so many of the protesters there. They were like, "Stay away from the small business. Like there are big businesses that way. Go, buddy, go." Like Under Armour sells shoes. They're in the basement to the left. Go, buddy, go. And like I think that was nice. I think that was a nice part of it, seeing, like, the community be so solid with that. Also, like, 
you know, the cleanup, like people were actively, like I actively was sweeping up ragstock after people destroyed that. Like there were just brooms there and there was nothing else to really do. So, you know, you might as well start cleaning it up. And I think a lot of people are just like, oh, you know, rioters in Madison went crazy. And it's like, no, there was this like group of like five people that had a batshit insane time. And then a bunch of people were like, shit, this is already broken. I'm going to take the stuff. Like it was, it was really, really interesting. And it was really, really interesting that the police weren't responding to that at all and they weren't set up to respond to that at all even though they had they they know their city i they know their city better than i do and i knew that that's how it was going to go down i ran around in a circle like three times because i was like are the looters downstate yet are the looters here yet has this happened yet like they knew that it was going to go down that way and they could have prevented it instead they just like came together as this big blue big ass force and like threw gas at people which is only gonna make like a them versus us and like what was your goal so the laughing oh the laughing i had a minute there was like the 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 black people that were very upset and there was this one man who who might not have been the most eloquent man but what the fuck do you expect when someone is like pouring their heart and soul out to you like the fuck and there's this guy sitting there and he's like <laughs> like you could see his shoulders move you could see the lines crease even though you know they had their fancy ass respirators so the tear gas didn't bother them but you could see the creases you could see the wrinkles and i was like why are you laughing what is funny how could you smile at this what is your joke tell us your joke and then like the line of people there was like yeah what's funny tell us your joke and then they were like chanting tell us your joke and i was like that's a good moment because that's not okay (laughs) that is not okay that you found any sort of humor in someone else's like agony Ugh, like the power there and like oh oh they smirked too when someone had said like you think we should be scared of you and he smirked and i was like you know we're scared of you and you that should be fucked up to you like we get it you're powerful and we should feel comfort with that power i should be like the cops got my back but instead i'm sitting here and i'm like your power makes you terrifying why can't i walk here like fuck you Ooh, ooh. it was it was very you didn't expect it and i i remember thinking because i said out loud i was like i I thought you were better than this. And then I I remember like feeling like, you know, unjustly attacked. Like, why are you, why are you coming at us with this violence? And I just, I had this moment where I was like, you know, on some level, like, you know, on many levels, I'm sure that this is somewhat similar to the feelings that many people of color have held for so many fucking years. Like, where is this violence coming from? Like, you terrify me. You should not terrify me. Like, and the fact that they've felt that way their whole lives is absolutely just criminal. uh, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Yeah. um, Two questions, actually. Uh, One, you mentioned um, that the police weren't really responding to the looting. Um, It sounded like you were saying that they were more in front of the Capitol building. I don't know if I'm correct about that. Not not even. It, it was so weird how they were situated. It was like they were, so if you know how the blocks of State Street work, they were just standing in the middle of the 100 block of State Street. There's nothing in the 100 oh. block of State Street. So it wasn't most, like they were trying to defend against the Capitol building being raided or anything? No, 
No, okay. no, I, I was standing in between the cops and the Capitol. Like, wow. no, it, it was so weird. And I was like, why are weird. you here right now? Like, what are you doing? You are just standing in the middle of the 100 block of State Street. Like, there's Ian's Pizza. Um, <laughs> second question. Uh, you alluded to there being, like, a few different groups. Like, there was one group that broke into the jewelry store in the beginning. And then there was another group of protesters that got them out. Um mm-hmm. Are these any of these groups identifiable or are they just more small, spontaneous, random acts of, of violence, really? Or do you like what I'm no. getting at is do you think Antifa was there causing violence? Oh, gosh, I, I don't I, I can't I can't speak on that because I didn't I didn't see any of that. And it, it's it's interesting to me that it was only one group because it was I, I saw the man with the hammer. I I. I, I watched him go down State Street because I was like, this is going to happen and I'm going to be here. Um, and it, it was one one group. I can't say like what ties they had, um, but I do think that that would be really interesting to find out uh, because if they do have any, you know. Oh, also something very interesting to mention were the rednecks that came in on motorcycles to chase us off of State Street. That was something. Oh, that was something. Um <laughs> Like, I'm just thinking about, like, clear, like, groups that had, like, political backing that came to, like, do things. Like, th- that was a clear group. Um, but as far as, like, what political affiliations they had, I'm really not sure. And I'm not sure if it was just, you know, someone trying to cause, like, mayhem, you know, for some politically motivated reason like that. Or if it was just a young group of kids that saw that there was riots and looting and decided, hey, we're going to do that. Like, I, I can't say. But I can say with confidence that it was one small group. And that's so frustrating. Did you get a picture of the person with the hammer? Oh, oh, you bet I did. (laughs) You bet I did. Not not one with my super nice camera and I'm super upset about that, but I got one on my one on my cell phone. I think it's already on Facebook. is Is there anything that could be done with identifying that person and their affiliates? They did a they did a fantastic job at covering their faces. Like full on turban like the only thing you could see were their eyes um and the white man you could see his arms and like he was attacked by protesters he had blood all over him like people were going after him like there was a fight in the street after i kept them out of the cbd store um the person that was near me uh was screaming at them and then they like were pushed not the person that was screaming at them but the uh the group of people were pushed into the street and they got in a fist fight right there as the cops are just on the other side of the street and I'm sitting there like, Hey, we're taking care of ourselves. You're welcome. Uh, but confidently one small group. I've, I've heard that um, there's even like white nationalist groups going out, causing violence to try to make black lives matter look bad. You know, um, it's, just, it's just crazy. Everybody is just taking advantage of the situation and trying to descend us into hell. And it's a really uh, scary thing it probably wouldn't be so bad if we weren't all just off of social isolation for multiple months already wound up like there the moment there was a stress and event people went straight for it you know right i i i i i felt strongly for the entire pandemic that this was going to happen um i don't i don't necessarily I think that the protests for Black Lives Matter were beautiful, and I don't, there wasn't, yes, there were people yelling, I can't breathe, but when when the rioting and the looting was going on, there was much less of that. 
it was much more just civil unrest and like you kind of knew that that was going to happen like as soon as there was you know this pandemic and the government completely biffed it on giving anyone aid like this was going to happen to already struggling and marginalized communities like sure like rich people that had a savings account didn't feel it as hard like sure they felt it but they didn't feel it as hard and then you go and you take in a situation where a pandemic has already railed marginalized communities and you have more violence against those communities like via a police force like it was just the straw that broke the camel's back like it was going to happen regardless but i don't know there was there was there was relation but it was also isolated it it, it was interesting it's how it quick fast and how much it's spreading i think that is like we saw how it happened with other situations it just did not explode like this to the point that it's it's everywhere and it's fast and it's um all escalating quickly too and i've never seen anything like this i don't think there's a, there's a few places where it hasn't and those are fascinating to me because those are places where the police force has joined in the protests and where that's happened i haven't seen the rioting or the looting i've just seen these beautiful peaceful wholesome messages coming out and i i had that thought i had that thought on so many levels um especially like last night when i was like laying there reflecting like their initial reaction or even their their initial game plan like when you are game planning like you know your city is going to riot like what was their intention with their game plan because it was a mess it was an absolute mess like they i i can't i can't fathom that they actually had any intention like there were there there were no you expected your city to be more like those other cities that you've seen where the cops were cooperative and such like you thought that was the kind (sighs) of city you had yeah yeah definitely that's that's what i expected i was like madison is going to be so boring we're going to be so peaceful and like the you guys you guys don't know me so it might sound weird when i say that i was disappointed by that I was like, oh, Madison, you're just, okay. We're, we're, we're our complacent little selves. We're not that heated. Okay, like, that's fine. We'll just smoke our weed and do our thing, I guess. Um, and then it blew the fuck up. And it was totally just people capitalizing on civil unrest. Like, that's what that was. And a lack of, a, a lack of any plan from a city. Because they knew that people were going to ha- keep hanging around. Like, ugh, terrible. Well, Andrew Yang actually posted something recently. I forgot exactly what it said, but he had like, hey, why don't we crack down on the police by doing this and we do a pro Man, I should find that. But like, I mean, there's not so, not all that many uh, solutions coming out of there except for all this like brutality and like force. And, you know, uh, most people fear that uh, the chances are that we're just going to have, you know, uh, what is it, martial law calls, you know. Like, that's how close we're going, and that's scary. Oh. Well, we have a curfew. Curfew. We have a curfew. Yeah, um, Stop. Madison and Milwaukee are both under a curfew from for here, for now. Like, I might see what that's about tonight, you know, just check it out. <laughs> so this is what his tweet said. Uh, there are 18,000 police departments in the U.S., 
How is reform possible? One approach would be a new George Floyd police misconduct division of the DOJ with a budget of $6 billion a year. Hire thousands of federal agents to investigate police misconduct. Have Val Demings run it. That's what he said. Um, it's, something. Like, huh? it's, it's, it's something. It's something. It's an actionable plan, yeah. and that's so much more than what anyone else is proposing. You know, I don't know where he gets that figure figure six billion for but from but uh you know it is something so emily did you have any takeaway for the protesters arm yourselves fucking arm yourselves get gas masks bulletproof vests arm yourselves like arm yourselves maybe um, that's a little too um but like so you're saying get ready for battle is what i'm hearing because that's what they did because that's what they did. Like, well, and I, I like, think I, that power imbalance there, if that's more even, that's an active deterrent to them treating you that way. Right, right. When he smirked and he was like, yeah, you bet. Like that, that smirk said, yeah, you should be scared of us. No, I should not be. I should be comforted by you. I should be happy to see you, officer. Like, oh, would- my God. I would say that's also just another white privilege kind of um, thing, simply because uh, I experienced something a while ago uh, where uh, I went into this convenience store and I saw a bunch of police officers. I'm like, wow, I actually feel really safe that I'm in here, you know. And then uh, I I told that story to a friend of mine who was African-American and he's like, I wouldn't have been. I was like, what do you mean? You know, and uh, like we discussed this whole like, it didn't even enter my realm of like reality, yeah. right? Uh, um, le- I I told I totally understand that, and honestly, I think I think that fear comes just from having involvement with law officers because I used to I used to feel comfort and you know seeing an officer and then having had firsthand experiences with them, like sirens give me anxiety, like I have anxiety attacks, like. And that's just that's just where I am, and that's just because of some experiences that I've had in in this system. And like, I haven't I haven't really done bad things. I I really haven't. I wonder how much much trauma is being activated simply by the visual like protests and the sounds and the sirens. Like, I'm sure it's triggering like that animalistic side of us in such a capacity that. Uh, we're not de-escalating by even showing up, you know, like it's, I feel like everything they're doing, everything they're doing is triggering animalistic tendencies in people. And I have a great story for this. Um, after, so I got, uh, I'm going to show you guys the picture because it's a great picture and I'm just going to flex on myself a little bit. Um, can you guys see that? I don't know. That was the first, the first tear gas that they threw. Um, that was the first tear gas that they threw at the people that were actually, you know, kind of throwing water bottles at them. But honestly, they could have just put their damn shields that they had up. Like, just do it. Take the L. But anyway, so I, I was taking that picture and they, they tear gassed me. And then as they're tear gassing me, they're yelling at me to move. And I'm like, you just tear gassed me. Like, this is my first experience with tear gas. Like, I don't remember what what breathing is like fuck moving like my hands are over my eyes like move where like to the ground okay like fuck um and after after i ran i like my my boyfriend pulled me up and he pulled me out of there i was so mad about it 
that I ran back in and I was screaming at him for having tear gassed me. And then as soon as I like breathed back at the tear gas, I kept trying to yell and I couldn't. And I'm just like crying. And it was so stupid, but it's not like I thought about it. I was just pissed off that I got tear gassed. So like everything that they do is triggering these animalistic tendencies in people and just inciting rage. Like after I, I got tear gassed so many times, I can't even count. Um, but after getting maced, I went and I like, I dropped my camera off. Cause I was like, I'm not having that broken. And I brought back a brick. Cause I, I, I'm like, I know, I, I know from like a logical point of view, that's fucking stupid. Like <laughs> you carry a brick up to a cop and they're going to laugh at you and like, mace you um but i just i felt so powerless that i was like i want to i want to hold something in my hand and be angry and i have a brick and a (laughs) backpack full of rocks fuck with me like oh and so if i have advice to protesters arm yourself so you don't have to brick uh, can you can you specify uh what these people should be arming themselves with are you subjecting to actual firearms no, uh, uh, no, because uh, that's a loaded question, because initially, no, I would like things to go nonviolently. I would like that to never happen. But I'm saying maybe have a van full of firearms that is easily accessible uh, on the standby, you know, just in case. <laughs> but with rubber bullets. But with rubber bullets, of course. Uh, most of your own, I don't know. I mean, uh, available, but we can try. It sounds. It I'm, sounds like you. I'm wanted, not. I'm not. I'm one not serious. To, it sounds like you I'm, wanted one just for the effect it would have had on your mental health in the moment to know you weren't powerless. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Like holding the brick, it just was something to hold, and I put it down before I, you know, made eye contact with them because I didn't want them to be like, "Oh, you're back with a brick, huh?" <laughs> like, no, I wasn't so, going down that road. But I mean, when I so say I arm yourselves, I do just really prepare yourselves, like. A face mask to avoid infecting other people, that's not enough. That's not enough to breathe. I mean, don't when you I think, say- though, that a bunch of angry people with rocks in their hands up against cops with guns and more powerful weapons is inevitably going to lead to something very bad that I don't think anybody wants to see? You know, you know I, I, uh, I think the alternative is laying down. And I think that that's really risky. I think you can only come at them with peace for so long. And eventually you need to have a van full of weapons. And I don't think Madison is the place for it because I talked with a lot of the, oh, it depends on the officer because I talked with some of the officers and some of them were just defending a library. Some of them were just defending a library and in tears. And some of them were laughing. And like, that's where the issue is. Like, I don't know, man. I'm afraid that the only way we are going to stop this and recognize this stupid chaos of all of this anger and rage is somebody's kid is going to fucking die. And that's what I'm afraid of. It's like, whose life is going to finally wake you up? Because this started over one man dying. Okay. Right. And then you're going to have more people die. But maybe, maybe it's a fucking kid. And I think that's the only way we're going to wake up and have like... Do we really need to get to that point? You know, there's going to be a child somewhere. It's almost inevitable. With how many? They're already getting tear gassed. Yeah, but I'm saying like death, and and like you have tear gas, and uh, you know, 
this coronavirus making it already impossible to breathe, right? And then you add tear gas to it. Like, you're trying to kill your people, okay? And it's just, like, why don't we have a crew of the people that aren't going on the front lines working behind the scenes, right? And it's happening, don't get me wrong. This channel's a good example of that. But, like, how far do we have to go, guys? Is it going to be that police officer's kid, or does that enrage him more? Is it going to be, you know, your 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 kid, your your cousin, your niece, you know? Is it, like, that's what this is going down to. And it's like, we have so much rage, but we're not even doing anything for the future generations, except for we're, we're just enraged, right? And that's why I think UBI is the only foundation we can start to, like, level the field, right? And, and you, so- you either need a massive governmental change, which... I mean, how do you make that happen? You make people go vote in a corrupt system where not everyone gets the same amount of face time and you're left feeling hopeless because you have to vote for Biden versus Trump. So everyone just tunes out. Unfortunately, that's what happens in most of America is most people are just tuned the fuck out and fed up and feel like they're being spoon fed choices. And they don't they don't want either of those choices. But like they're not woke enough to look for other avenues like they, I, you're they don't they don't fine. like the options but they're not paying enough attention to actually know what the options are right and so what you're what you end up seeing is the solution for america is riots like that's that's what that's what you're seeing like and it's it's not pretty and it's not going to be pretty i wouldn't say it's the solution so much as what we're left with you know, that, like yeah, what else? That's that's what I meant. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Riots compared to most of the other countries for like I want to say the past generation or two, we've kind of like lost the uh, experience to some degree. I think you know, like you had some ones in Ferguson that were pretty big, and I think to go back to like a real anything like close to this level, you have to go back to L.A. in the nineties, yeah. and then or well, then further back to like '68 before that. Let me just be clear that most people going out weren't trying to riot. Like, most people going out were going out with their cell phones trying to record for their freaking Snapchat. Like, most people were just uh, bystanders. Like, yeah, chanting. Yeah, a lot of, you know, there, there in case things got heated and they needed to put themselves in between, you know, a person of color and a cop. I feel like that's why, you know, a lot of white people said that they went. Um, but it just... Yeah, no, they they weren't, nobody was going to riot. Like, it was, I I think that's one of the reasons everyone was so massively underprepared, which is insane because, you know, you see like, oh, everywhere's rioting. Everywhere's rioting. I'm like, oh, everywhere's rioting. But you're just like, oh, I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to go check it out. And all of a sudden, you're the victim of the riot that's happening that you're a part of, that you had no idea you were a part of. Like, I... I, I guess Ed, that's definitely a lack of awareness on most of the people that were going to check it out, but oh, or even but the people that were. There were places that it did work out exactly like that, like you were saying before. Right. You don't yeah. go with that expectation. You are pushed to that expectation. You're that's brought so to that corner. And I that's think so that that's what's the hardest part to process for a lot of people. What you're saying is so obvious, but not when the only thing you're seeing of it is the riots and you're not seeing any of the stuff that was going on beforehand because they don't broadcast right. that. They don't show when oh, everything's going good. 
it was peacefully boring. <laughs> but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Like, it was just people standing there, like, speaking their truth. That's a great thing. Like, fantastic. Uh, I've been more publicized than violence to, to start with, or and that's how things would be going if if we were focused on the good things. But that's not what they want us to focus on. And I know I'm using they, the superlative they, but you know who they are. Yes. Right. Uh, I mean, so, I think everyone was just geared for bad things. Liz, what's up? Um, so I know my takeaway earlier was that in, in that case, if you're involved in a peaceful protest, it might be a good idea if it's going well and you're going to split up because it's going well and getting boring to instead of breaking off to your individual homes to break off to your local state street, to your small businesses, to the places in your town that you know we're probably going to need protection if things go bad. Definitely, definitely, because, dude, and then they started going to the malls, like, after State Street was over, they started going to the malls, and I'm like, yeah, no shit, like, no shit, do your thing. And that's like, all the news people, is focused on now, is that the malls right, they're, they're like, oh, the protesters and the riots are killing the malls, like, no, we went to bed. I was tired. I got tear gassed. How many times? I got maced at least twice. Like, buddy, no. I went to bed. Like, what what happened is that everyone that was standing there sweeping up glass, everyone that was standing there saying, get the fuck out of our city, everyone that was standing there, like, as physical barriers, because the cops weren't there, they went to bed. Like, the real cops went to bed, apparently. And shit went to hell. Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. Good shit, good shit. Something I was thinking about, though. No, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that people should just arm themselves. And, like, someone, someone had said something about, like, you know, that being, you know, the only way or, you know. But I do think people should be ready. Because I don't think that that power dynamic should exist. I don't think that people should go out and straight up be, like, threatening officers. But there, there needs we have a right to bear arms for a reason. It's not threatening a cop. It's not threatening a cop. And like, if you feel it's threatening a cop to, to have an arm on you, then what the fuck are they doing? Like, that's not okay. Like, yeah. I, I think that, I think that there needs to be a, that power the- dynamic needs to be, needs to be softened. And like, I'm not anybody who has ever owned a gun. I've always been like, meh, fuck it. Like, but like, no, do do I think that people should bring guns to protests? Not because I think that protests should be violent. I, that's not what I'm saying. I, I I'm not saying that people should just go up and like brandish like fucking arms in cops' faces. No, but I'm saying that cops need to c- take their constituents seriously because laughing at them and shrugging them off because they know they they hold that power is not okay. Like they should be scared that I'm going to get pissed off and shoot them in the dick. They should have that fear. Uh, that's. Honestly, that's the role I wanted the open carry protesters to fill in this. Like, open carry protests by themselves, I find largely useless. But no. when you have a protest that needs it, dude, they showed up at the support. end on fucking motorcycles to run people off State Street because they were more worried about the looting happening at Under Armour. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk more about what happened with those uh, uh, this group of motorcycles? yes please Um, yeah so someone posted on facebook that a group of i'm sorry i really wish i could reference the post right now because the language was phenomenal but it's not in front of me you should hunt for it though um 
basically it said like a group of like freedom fighters from western wisconsin was going to be coming in hot in like an hour and a half to downtown madison to shit they totally said that they were going to kill some the word they used was amazing i don't know look it up but it was i, I was like walking away you know hypothetical bong in arms um <laughs> just down the street and there's a group of motorcycles that just go like whizzing past me and i was like oh shit and like i turned because i had a friend that had parked a car in like an alley that was right next to state street so i turned down this alley and a bunch of motorcycles turned down this alley and i was like oh hell no like they literally went right past me the girl on the back of the bike literally pointed at me and i just sat there like <laughs> hey how's it going guys and then they they like they yelled oh oh shit i'm so sorry i forgot what they yelled it was a moment but then they tore their bikes down state street and you heard a bunch of screams and i set my shit down and i went running out and like you could see all of like the skid marks of where they had like gone down one way and ran up the other way I, like, turned back around just to clear people out. And where they'd done it was in front of, like, the corporate businesses. Like, right in front of, like, Urban Outfitters was where... So they entered it. Like, I think Francis is the name of that court. Um, and Urban Outfitters is right there. And I'm like, seriously? Like, that's what you're protecting? They're defending that like a bunch of vigilantes. That's, right. that's their idea of what Batman is. Right. It was ridiculous. It was just a bunch of rednecks on, like, crotch rockets. I was like, what is going on? Do you want to fight? Like, oh, what? God, there was something else. Like, not not to, like... Ah. Did you freeze? I think she did, yeah. It looks like it. <laughs> yeah, it looks like she already froze. Well, that was really... I'm sure she'll be back in a second, hopefully. Um, but Yeah, she has been so far. Wow. Thank you so much for um, for bringing on your sister. Yeah. Um... I'm I'm really grateful she came on with like no notice and no sleep. Well, I, I think it's good for us to hear the stories um from first perspective, but I think um, you know, uh people are at a loss of what to do right now other than to take up arms, right? Uh, you know, and it's beautiful because I've like seen posts from Yang Gang that they're coming through where the riots were and they're helping clean up, right? Like I love the Yang Gang for that kind of stuff. You know, it's like how how do we move on to the next stage of whatever is going on? I I think those actionable items are what this group should be focusing on after taking all the knowledge of what we heard. You know, it's it's like okay, uh how do we well this or if or- if we were to have another protest style thing that yang gang could take up it might be helping set up first aid stations so we have preventative ahead of time and clean up after but milk available was, the other thing we need, I'm maybe is, have some shields or if they're firing rubber bullets and stuff that could be picked up that kind of thing yeah like there's basic chemical supplies you can bring to help turn off gas to help uh diffuse gas canisters there's this this just basic first aid supplies they need. They don't need any of the fancy shit. They just need real, like, lifeguard level first aid knowledge. And I mean, it's good to hear this kind of thing for, like, you know, how do you take care of the people that did um, participate? Um, like, okay, but 
what are ways in past societies that have gone through stuff like that? Like, what is the next phase, like, logistically based on history? The headings. Uh, <laughs> is that the last time we dealt with things? Is that where we went? <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the truth is it's it can be a little anticlimactic, too. Like, if you look at, like, the 70s and 60s, you got some, you know, you got some changes. Uh, you know, you got rid of... Uh, du jour you know uh racial laws and things like that uh now we don't really have those so those there aren't really those easy targets um you can you know somebody mentioned like having a uh i think it was like the off twitter um somebody mentioned having like you know more oversight um and of course there's the underlying economic issues uh and the trouble there is people have so many different views about how the economy is supposed to function. And, you know, hopefully that's the main bridge that, uh, Yang gang can, uh, can breach there. So I just want to say, if anyone wants to know how to handle, uh, our politics to evolve in the right direction as soon as possible, there is a podcast by Leo guru called conscious politics. And the fourth one, which is four hours long, is pretty much all the policies. You spend the 12 hours to understand why he got to these policies. They're very in alignment with Yang's policies. It might be worth looking into. Um, I, I, I know it's a lot of time, but it's like, what is worth the investment? And like this particular team has knowledge on how to make some of these things happen. So again, Leo Gura Conscious Politics. Like that is... Like it's it's got so many of the answers we've been looking for, um, and some plans on how to make them happen. But you know, it's not the like, all right, here is the piece of paper, right? It's like take up the call <laughs> and help make these things happen. Um, it's a lot to listen to, uh, you know, and there's a lot of fundamental background. But like, you don't have to agree with all the policies he suggests. But um, I think some of the answers to the problems we are facing today are in those videos and like I've been like giving myself homework to listen to it all and um I've been listening to him for years um I think it's worth I think it's worth for a lot of people to look into <laughs> please <laughs> um but it was the most extensive list I have heard in a way that makes sense and I think more people need to hear it but it's so long that it's very deterrent <laughs> you're back yeah. Yeah. Welcome I think back. my Wi Fi cut out. Um it's still thank lagging. You, thank you, Faye. Um Emma, would you would you um please continue? I I don't remember what I was um tirating about. I kinda I kinda do that. Well, Who would like it, to remind okay, there you go. Is there anything <laughs> that from last night that you don't think you've brought up yet? No, I mean, just overwhelmingly the people trying to keep the city safe. Like, the the man who jumped in the burning cop car to drive it out of State Street. That was incredible. Um, <laughs> That's a detail. Uh, yeah, can I get that uh, from start to finish? What the hell? Uh, so I can't really give it from start to finish, because unfortunately, I managed to get behind the police line, which is a weird fucking feeling, yo. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't know how this happens. Like, do I, like, fuck around? It's like, ah. Um, I ended up just, like, sweeping up one of the broken buildings. But then I, like, walked forward because I saw a fire. And I was like, I was like, what's going on? And, well, the officer was like, I'm sorry, can you please step back? And I was like, oh, yeah, because I got a broom. 
sorry, I get that. Um, but then he was like, oh, you know, just bad decisions. And I was like, excuse you. What do you mean by that? Just bad decisions. Like you can't dismiss. And he was like, well, it might've been a bad decision lighting a cop car on fire. I was like, oh, it's like, do you mind if I uh, just walk past you here and go check that on out? Um, and he was like, yeah, just go put down the broom, please. <laughs> anyway, uh, <clears throat> when I walked past them, someone was at that point moving the cop car. A man had jumped in because it wasn't, it wasn't like super on fire yet. Like it was a small fire. And, like, someone had tried to put it out with a fire extinguisher. This is secondhand. Um, someone had tried to put it out with a fire extinguisher because when it was originally lit in flames, um, the, the people that did it was the group with the hammer. God, they really just, they did it all. Um, but then they brought over a fire extinguisher that they had, like, found and, like, pretended to use it as a joke but then, like, left it at the scene, and then as soon as they left, one of the civilians walked up and, like, tried to douse it, and it wasn't going well because it was a car on fire, and they were like, oh, crap, it's in the middle of State Street, uh, so they jumped in the, like, burning car and, like, drove it um, down the street where it was more so in an intersection and, you know, not at risk of exploding and killing a bunch of people. It was, it was something else, like, the, the level that people went to to try to make sure other people were safe was just, it was really beautiful. So uh, are you planning on going back tonight? That, <laughs> that is the party time. Good question. Um, uh, yeah, I think I'm, sales could stop you. You know, <laughs> like part of me does, part of me does just want to be safe and not be anxious because I do have really bad anxiety. Um, but I wouldn't be okay with myself. Like, I'm feeling that right. Be, 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 because I know how I act in situations, and I know that things things went better last night because I was there. Like, they might have been small things, but they were still things. Um, so I don't know. Do I really want to get shot at for breaking curfew? No. Do I really want to get to your gas? No. But um, yeah, I'll probably be back tonight. The officer that was involved in this, you know, from the get-go, um, he was arrested and he's uh, being charged with murder. Um, I understand that the other cops that were on the scene, um, there hasn't been charges filed against them yet, although they have been fired and there probably will be charges filed against them. I don't think there is anybody out there defending the action of the police in this case, you know, in other similar incidents of you know, police brutality against the black community in the past, you know, there was always some gray areas where, you know, the police may, there was a case to be made that the actions that the police used may have been justified, but I haven't heard anybody making this case for this uh, particular situation. Um, So, I mean, what I'm getting at is I think justice is going to be served here. I mean, I think enough damage has been done where, Anybody who was under a rock previously is now kind of awoken to this situation that needs to be fixed. There definitely is a systemic issue here. Um, That's not true. Do we need need to continue 
yeah. burning down our cities. Yeah, yeah no, why do you think that? There's been dead. nothing accomplished. Nothing has happened. Well, Nothing's changed at all. Um, the, and, the and you know, it's going to take. A, there's a long delay on justice, and people and, and that argument. And people and stop. That argument. If if the, if anyone is scared now, they won't be scared by the time it comes to make hard choices. Nothing's been accomplished, Zach. Nothing's changed yet. And I will say that the officer, the officer has been charged with murder. Does but nothing irreversible has happened. He'll he'll get off. And until something irreversible happens, uh, I, I don't think that the protests can stop. And Let me point out, things do not start out as people setting their cities on fire. They start out peacefully as people just trying to be in solidarity with people who are hurting, with people who are trying to change right. things. So to, to, um, to phrase it as, should we stop, ga- you're, you're asking people to stop gathering to say something is wrong because this is not what the intent of the protests is, is to become riots. If if you were saying um, no more rioting, you can't say no more rioting because they are not starting as riots. They're starting right. as I protests. Think, as peaceful right. protests. I, I think that's what's very important to, to take note here, is that we. it seems like in this point in time, we cannot have one without the other. So if we're going to have protests, we have to acknowledge the fact that it's going. The protests are going to lead to confrontation. Confrontation is going to lead to violence. Violence is going to lead to riots. Riots are going to lead to looting. It's, it's, it's a vicious cycle. That's because we have a fucked up system. Yeah, we, yeah, there's also, there's also that's because our a, system's a, broken. We have a little bit of The reason we can't have protests without riots is because the police are using riots as a tactic to suppress protests. They incite and create riots. So that we can't have peaceful protests. So again, in the places so where the, the only kind of protests protest, that are allowed are violent protests, then it doesn't mean that we stop protesting. And hopefully, peaceful protests will soon be allowed. I think that's that's where we need to be on this. Well, what do I you think, think we also have. Well, do you think I think we that? need to. I kind of, you know, I want, I want, I want Zach's reply to that because I'm. This is a reply to Zach. Well, I, I definitely think there is an element to that. I do think that there are some uh, bad actors out there within the police within the police departments around the country that probably are making these protests turn into riots there are also elements there is also antifa that's trying to co-opt this for their own aims you know they're not out there because of black lives matter they're trying to start a revolution and somehow get trump thrown out of office there's also white supremacists looting and rioting because they want black lives matter to look bad so at one point, do we say that the damage being caused by trying to have these protests that inevitably turn into riots, at what point do we say that the damage outweighs the yeah. good at this point? Because the I, think, is, the message, I think the message has been heard. Yeah, yeah, just to clarify, I think, yes, that's a, that's a good, I appreciate that response. But I think I did, I did cover where we draw the line when irreversible action has been taken. Something that cannot be taken back to change the situation, whatever that is. Right. Could be a number of things, but it has to be irreversible and it has, it's unprecedented. And right now, it has to be immediate and tangible, not something six months down the road. And you can protest in a way that is aware of the fact that there's going to be people taking advantage of that protest as a smokescreen for their riots. And you can take action, preventive action (laughs) against that. the The only way to stop that would be to have the police have proper training on how to how to actually talk with people. Because when I was standing there, they were silent and I was even yelling at them like, are you told not to talk to us? Are you told not to talk? Um, But maybe they're just not told what to say. 
or like how to be human or how to show compassion, how to show the protesters that, hey, we're on the same side. Let's go protect our city from Antifa or white nationalists or whoever the hell it needs to be protected from because the beef isn't between you and me. I've got you, you've got me, let's go. Um, It's just, it's hard to have those conversations when you're in a climate that has shown people that it's not you and me, let's go. Like, it's hard to, you know, gain back that trust. And that's where those conversations need to be had. And that's where that training needs to be had. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of time for that right now. Um, There is no time for that right now. Well, we can't train them. Could we maybe train us instead? Like, we could start, like, I'm guessing that... No, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for shutting that down so fast. But no, I'm not going to train people instead of training a system. No, 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 that's not what I'm trying to say. Let me clarify here. I mean, train the people protesting to be able to protest as safely as they can with tactics for isolating out bad actors, etc., maybe a few hours ahead of time before the actual protest happens, like they've done for some democracy spring events and things like that. Not trying to stop people from protesting, but trying to organize them into better protesters. Uh, Yes, but... at some point that does place a lot of, a lot of personal responsibility on people for other people. Um, I think, you know, trying to educate as best as you can. So, you know, like Atticus, the bad apple, him being detained early, like that's something that probably should have happened. Like people that knew him personally, like definitely should have kept him out of those scenarios. And I think that that has to happen on a person by person basis, because you can't look at a group of people and expect them to, you know, be able to pick out the bad apples. I think you have to do that. So with how people do you who are find close to you. bad apples before they go to these protests? Like, how do we monitor maybe as a friend, like the, you know, people who seem like so red flags? Like what do we consider a good, protest because part of the problem and we've we've had a lot of good protests actually by the by the nonviolent sense that's actually the default you get protests are happening all the time and and they're usually effectively just parades pretty much the cops mm-hmm. will uh keep them within a certain area the cops will you know be fine with it and, until it goes past you know a certain time or, or gets out of certain areas and and the question is how effective is a, a protest that does not cause disruption I don't think it is uh, in general, unless you are causing some sort of disruption. I don't think anyone has any reason to ever take you seriously. That doesn't mean destroying has to be destroying the city or rioting or looting, but I, we also need to I'm go beyond okay violent uh, solutions that can be found like blockades, etc. anything like that. I'm good with, I don't consider that um, something that should be uh, stopped or would be considered a bad protest. And, sure. and I guess when the cops respond to that with almost the exact same tactics, though, if you're disrupting commerce and whatnot, that, that I mean, will that's be why I thought this is an opportunity force. for the open carry people because they don't respond to the open carry protests like that. Well, I agree. I agree. There, there is a deterrent factor there. Um, we haven't really tested that on the left in a long time. Uh, the right seems to get away with it. I don't know to what degree that's because of the right uh, and, and to what degree it's because they're armed. Um, you know, there, there's well, also it's also the right is not looting stores and they're not burning down businesses. Well, that's know? also they're why I thought showing they up and causing disruption, but they're not vandalizing. Well, I mean, look at look at Bundy. Like, like, 
he, he took over like a, a building, you know, and, and occupied it for like a month or two. So th- there's, it's it's not always completely inert with the right wing, and you know, it's and the also not getting the same response to their protests, in spite of having those guns and such. They are getting a much um, more keep the distance type thing. They're not being encroached upon. They're not being pushed out. They're not in nonviolent situations trying to force the protest to move away at a point when it shouldn't. Well, regardless, I, this is also why I thought they might step into this one is because this isn't left or right wing. This was this was a death that, as we established, everyone agreed was a murder. We all saw right. it. It was a murder. There was an opportunity here for left and right wing open carry advocates to step in and I think that's true, although uh, I, I think not all the protests are, are, and, and the um, riots are, are necessarily uh, political, like you're saying. I think some, when you're talking about like specifically the organized protests, let's go down and protest versus, you know, people that are uh, just kind of spontaneously uh, showing up. Yeah, showing up well, and, and whatnot. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I think we have to also not necessarily assume these are nece- all, these are all the same type of gathering. And in a lot of cases, um, you know, people who are, are I mean, protesting, trying to put a coherent message, versus people who are, uh, you know, responding to, uh, you know, in, in anger to pain in their community, or you know, there, there's different factors going here. Which is why I mentioned the kind of tinderbox effect. I think there's kind of a, a lot of different things happening here at once that were sparked by this event. Right. That's kind of what I'm feeling too, is it's just a bunch of things that are, you know, kind of culminating because like everyone said that, you know, no one, no one thinks that that death was just, it was very, very clearly unjust. And there is no, there is no here or there on that. Um, And like, that's not, that's not what's happening at, you know, protests. It's not like anyone's, you know, standing against that. It's more so the fact that, it, it exists for it to have happened. Like Minneapolis's crime rate. I have a bunch of friends that go to like the university of Mi- Minneapolis and like, they're absolutely terrible. Um, uh, sorry for just, uh, they're absolutely terrible. Um, but they treat like people of color so terribly. there. like uh, racism is rampant. And that's kind of like, it came to a spearhead. It's one of the and more so- segregated, uh, like big cities in the country, isn't it? If I'm, I, I, I believe they actually they have the largest um, uh, disparity, the, the largest like financial disparity between their like richest rich and poorest poor. Um, it's it's gross, uh, like not not gross like ew, gross poor people, but like it's disgusting. Like the yeah, um, but so I I think you know a lot of the protests are just you know protesting the fact that our systems are so fucked up that like, this is even, this exists, like this still exists. And like, it's not, it's not a matter of like anyone debating on if, if the death was right or wrong, it was very, very clearly wrong. And it was the fact that it was so clearly wrong, which is why everyone is so pissed off. It was, you know, it was a peaceful arrest. There were four officers, like the fact that something like that happened. um, Yeah. Yeah. It's a protest of the state of things. Because, like, it's very, very clear that our country was built on the back of minorities, but the minorities were never invited up into that country. And that's what people are. And the next victim's just waiting to be lined up and nobody wants well, it to happen. Right. I think how the right. cops are handling the protests, they're just going to spawn more protests, which are going to provide more safety screening for more rioting and looting and 
Because so, yeah. already out of these protests, we're seeing not dissimilar arrests take place where there's people waiting patiently to be handcuffed and being kneed in the back. Like, yeah. yeah. I think what I'm really most concerned about here is it seems to me that we are barreling towards a Tiananmen Square type situation here in the United States. I mean, there's, there's only so many nights in a row that we can burn down a city before the National Guard comes in with machine guns and starts mowing people down. I think it's like, 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 like next week, like next week, we may finally remember the days in which the police used tear gas and rubber bullets and not live ammunition. My question is what, what, what happens if people are being paid to protest? What happens with that? Like, is that something to be concerned about? Is that something that depends? Are they protesting, rioting or looting? (laughs) You know, they, they get paid to be a protester but you know maybe they make the decision to do more on their own you know like once they're there uh but like i mean should money how is money going to corrupt the system of protesting you know like definitely already everyone has a political agenda and everyone knows that it is a hot spot to like have themselves heard have their have their opinions heard like that's definitely happening and there's nothing you can do to stop it or police it. Um, the only thing you can really do is show up yourself to cities, to big cities around you and do what you can to stop chaos from ensuing like that. Like you can't. But who, who pays these people to protest? Maybe, maybe someone paid those five people with a hammer, you know, like maybe not, but it's, it's possible. Well, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep drawing the distinction. Those weren't protesters. Those were rioters. Yes, those yes. no th- those those were specifically looters. Those oh, they started looting. with a ju- they started with a jewelry store. They started with Goodman Jewelry Store, the only jewelry store on State Street, the only jewelry store that funds the entire freaking community. Great. And they were just looters, not rioters. Like rioters, I'm even I'm even kind of fine with rioters sometimes. Like fine, have have a little riot. Like, but I mean, like right now in a country, we're so desperate for like you know we don't have communities that we feel like we can grow together right uh we don't even have spaces for it in some cities uh and then we don't have money for all these businesses that you know were affected by corona who shut down you know and then we have people still not able to pay their rent and mortgages and, you know, we're all dropping our IQs. Maybe we start fighting with people. Maybe we were already in a bad relationship, right? Maybe we got to start over during Corona, right? And then it's like, no wonder we're in the situation we are. It's crazy. downhill. And you really can't stop it at this stage without some huge intervention. It would take literally implementing the UBI right now. And then also because of the um, George Flint thing, I probably... You would need something huge to fix that, like a huge gesture to change that over to stop this in its tracks. And I don't see that happening. There, how do we spin UBI and George Floyd together? How can we help people see a connection? There? I don't think you are that necessarily should. They are two separate issues. They can both be addressed at the same time. But like, um, to an extent, you have. I think that it's fair to give them both their own room and not like try to racialize the yeah, UBI. Yeah, but UBI would end it quicker, right? UBI would help it 
uh, like people calm down. The the thing is, like, if we don't hook it to this George Floyd thing, I think that the concern is it it one battle at a time kind of thing, right? And if this is the thing that helps us get there quicker, people will still need to feel somewhat connected with the George Floyd thing because that's what they're truly fighting for. But they don't see that the answer needs a bigger floor. Uh, You know, like what we're doing is massive, but like to have other people jump on it using this momentum from George Floyd, like it almost seems like there's got to be a little piggybacking on it. Well, I mean, the, the, the pandemic and, and the, you know, eviction crisis that's coming up and, and just even people's general anxiety isn't going away. Uh, you know, you, you don't even necessarily need to directly connect it to, to Floyd, although, you know, that can be sort of a uh, implicit rather than explicit thing, I guess. Um, you know, it's, right, it's all part of the, you know. I, and, I, I, I kind of, um, so I've been thinking about this um as everyone else has um but with with george floyd he was he was originally arrested for trying to use a counterfeit bill uh like i i read the 911 call and like he had tried to pay for cigarettes using a counterfeit bill because he was broke because he was broke during a pandemic like he was broke during a pandemic when the government neglected to provide aid like and I think that that is a very, very linear, like logical leap to UBI having entirely prevented this. Like, maybe not entirely. Maybe that is way too big of a. But like, he he was using a counterfeit bill. He was the, broke during a pandemic. Like, there, there's some about- uh, studies that, that talk about actually that um, it, it's less a, a matter of it, like. When you have contact with a, with a cop, there's less, um, it's, less, it's more about how often you are, have contact with police than necessarily the content of the uh, interaction you have. Essentially, people who are poor um, and living, especially in, in highly policed uh, areas that, you know, are, are just been ravaged and hollowed out by crime, the more the more excuses, the more interactions you have with cops. The each time your chance, you know, there's a chance you could die, that that sure. it could go wrong, and the cop could kill you. So, I gotta say, I I guess I'm I was just police... saying that the specific instance wouldn't exist. Like just this specific instance wouldn't exist because you know he, he had not been broke. Like his his only crime was having been broke, and I guess being black. It would have removed in America. Uh, at least the the impetus and and the excuse for what happened in that moment. Right. Well, M- Moto, when when you say this though, like uh, the increase of stops, you know, when I went fully nomadic, like before, when I was uh, living in an apartment style living, uh, I was barely bothered by police officers, hardly at all. The moment I started living out of my truck intentionally. Uh, you know, I got stopped, like, I want to say four times more often, right? And it wasn't just me. It was the people I was meeting who were also living in their cars, right? Like, you're harassed for not having somewhere to live, right? And you're just there, so they bother you more. Or even having a car. Like, I had uh, had a really old uh, car because I was dead poor for a while, and that thing just attracted cops like nothing. <laughs> like I, I uh, Shell uh, was actually in the car with me one time, and, and we got like completely like searched and um, 
you know, they were determined to find drugs on us, and it was That's right. Yeah, yeah. Car, so you must be poor. Yeah, so and I mean, you know, we're we're you know we're a bunch of like a couple of nerdy white guys, and you know that I just went through a long period where I was getting stopped regularly and uh, pretty well harassed. I think that's kind of like the heart of the issue is that cops really do. They deal in stereotypes and my entire experience with them has just like reaffirmed that I went through some like um, domestic abuse with a man who is uh, very, very muscular and addicted to steroids. And because of that, they, they treated the case very, very stereotypically and they wouldn't listen about like any of the specifics, even, even though it was a very, I mean, every case has specifics and like, that's the heart of the issue is that, you know, cops don't treat people like people. They treat people like they're stereotyped. They judge you based on what you look like, what you drive, what you wear. And that, that applies to white people too. That doesn't just apply to black people, but it becomes an issue when every stereotype that exists in a cop's mind about a black person is negative. Like when you see a white man wearing cargo shorts and a polo, you're like, oh my God, what a square, like he's never done drugs in his life. When really those cargo point, those cargo like shorts are probably like full of acid, like you don't know, like, but that's just what they do. And that's the issue. Like maybe there need to be more goods because you can't just like erase stereotypes, like stereotypes exist, but uh, everyone needs to see all of the beautiful stereotypes that exist for the black community. Cause there's so many things that like unify them that are wonderful things that like our society doesn't see. And I think that's the issue, but two cents. One of the quickest things that we could do to help the situation is just decriminalize drugs. Stop caring about people. Yes. Doing what they want to do to their bodies. You know, I mean, as long as you are not, getting really high and then going out and and like killing people uh, it shouldn't really matter what you what you do with your body right that's a crime that's a crime crime. right i mean the the actual taking of drugs should not really be something that police should be going after that would decrease the amount of interactions between police and people so much as just said whenever you have an interaction there is always going to be a chance that something could go the wrong way well, the other thing I've noticed, too, is I have... Oh, Elizabeth, you're glitching out. Like hard. Oh, here, I'll drop for a minute. Um, but, uh, you know, when when I was traveling, uh, you know, I met these people who uh, were well off, right? They were white people. And you know why they were well off? They were selling drugs, right? Mainly cocaine. <laughs> okay. And, and, and so, like, uh, the people who had this as their lifestyle choice uh were not all of them were all that happy they didn't even want to be in this situation but their like house payments were too much or uh (laughs) one guy uh he like just i don't know he's getting out of a relationship i don't even know but he was selling in order to pay for all these other expensive things that he had to give to his like i don't know now ex-wife i don't i don't know their situation but like regardless like even the people with the money and the ones dealing the drugs, they're not happy either, right? Like, they didn't they didn't even want to do that. But, like, the demand was so strong that they just got sucked into it, right? And it's just like, do I turn these people in? No. I mean, like, I don't... They've made their life choices, and if they get caught, I just don't want to be around them when it happens. So, like, you know. Uh, but, like, y- you see different sides of people when you blend in a little bit, too. You know, like, I... I uh, um, 
I would uh, hang out with them, and then I find out, right? They're like, oh, by the way, I got this. And I'm like, uh, you know, um, but th- that's what happens. And, like, another gal, I randomly met her at a bar one time, and she was trying to, like, oh, my husband's out of town. I'm going to do all these drugs. You know, it's just like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> People are miserable. And she, like, would talk about how much money she had and how miserable she was. And it was just... Even the rich people are miserable, guys. Like, and we we all are suffering. It doesn't matter what color you are. The white people are suffering. The black people are suffering. Every nationality, Asians are suffering. You know, like ugh. that's but. why no matter what, no matter what, as much as you want to, we don't want any bloodshed. Of course, we don't want any destruction. But we can't let things go back to the way they were at any cost either. You know. I uh, introduced one last uh, little subject on that note. Uh, I was wondering if anybody wants to make any predictions about what happens next, all things considered. Rocket to the moon. Ooh. No, I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, There's I got a prediction. No, I don't. Go, what is it, Jerry? Uh, this, this, this movement will ultimately likely be a failure in the short term. Uh, what we're going to see is further milita- militarization of the police force and maybe... Maybe a few years from now, we'll see some positive things pass. But here, in the immediate, it's it's not going to be successful. Yeah, I, 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 no, I, I'm not hopeful. I'll tell you why. I hope it doesn't go down that way, but that's that's very plausible. Right. I think. Like, well, like, if I can just like finish up that thought real quick, uh, any legislation that's put on the ballot now to further fund the police is going to pass. Right, so like, look, look who votes right now. Like, the the main voting block are, are going to be boobers and geriatrics. Right, whenever they see that on the ballot and they see what's going on in the news, you better fucking believe they're going to vote yes on anything to further fund the police. Yeah, that's I was, the protests and riots. I, I was was talking to um, his family today, and they I had to explain that it was different groups because that's not on the news. They they think it's all just protesters getting angry and starting riots, and that's not what's happening. Yeah, that's the narrative, but that's not the reality. Yeah, and that's but, always been the problem, you know. That's what we're fighting against. Yeah, I think I think Jeremy, you're you're probably right. Um, I, I think unfortunately the way the with you know the government in power and and even the alternative with Biden, who is by no means uh, a light on crime type, uh, I think you're gonna. You're going to definitely see a, a move towards uh, kind of authoritarian lockdown and, and whatnot for the short term. Definitely. I can see that. If we're taking bets on things that are happening, like, I'm not really hopeful about our 2020 election. Like, people are pissed off. You got Biden v. Trump. And um, uh, the riots will continue. Like, they're, uh, people aren't happy, and there's no reason they honestly should be. Um, and they're going to continue. And eventually the people that are, you know, committed to committed to rioting are going to start to militarize themselves as best as they can. Um, the other thing, I mean, we, we are a country with a lot of gun ownership. And um, yeah. I think even just like, just like look, look at what damage is being done with pretty much rocks and just like hands. Um, yeah, we 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 do struggle to contain that. Uh, because it's not a foreign country. It's, it's, you know, it's our, our, it's our home country. You know, it's, you can't easily corral, uh, the populace like you can, you know, in a, a foreign military action. 
and you know th- there there are costs to doing so both um politically and financially that doesn't mean it won't happen but there's um it doesn't all, it, it, i don't know it'll be if it could be as smooth here as it could be in like china for example no because it would require that they drop the mask of pretending that they are upholding the constitution if they're coming after people for that they have to stop pretending that that's what they're about so what at, at what point do we finally feel hopeful again like what would that look like to any of you guys when would you finally feel hopeful i definitely trump out of office like i think that is one thing that like oh i wish i could say the same i mean i uh, don't like trump at all i just don't think there's any hope in biden you know i don't find hope sure <laughs> sure go. sure if andrew yang if we go to the, if we go to fantasy land and andrew yang flies down on his you know, I, I, it's, he won't. It's, I wish so it could happen. happen. It just sounds, yeah, He's I don't so mean to be happen. like, I, I, it just sounds so impossible. Do you think it's plausible? I guess we're in unprecedented times. No, no, times. I was, I was, I was, I was I saying that like, in jest. Yeah. I was kidding. Man, it's I, I, like, I think it's, it's, it's such a, a weird, I can't even tell who's, who's, who went serious at this moment. I'm just so, my, my, like, my reality line. testing has been so stressed this week. That's it's, the it's, time I, I think, I think, I think Biden is enough of a confused idiot that he could be a fine puppet for somebody but he's going to be a puppet for like Larry Summers and like your Wall Street type. He's not going to be like a yeah. puppet for you know like a progressive or he won't be our puppet reformer. You know. Somebody mentioned to me that after this, um, due to some connections she might have to it, Amy Klobuchar is probably off for VP. But I think they might be blind enough to not care about any more conspiracy. Yeah. They're going to go to. They're going to go to Harris. Oh. They're gonna go to Kamala Harris. She's a prosecutor. Uh, yeah, they're so. gonna hire, they're gonna take the cop, and that'll go great. That's the Why kind of tone deafness they have. That's yeah, exactly the not. kind of thought they don't see. Okay, right? so this is bad of me, and maybe y- y'all can educate me a little bit here. But I kind of tuned out of politics when I was like, "Oh, this shit's hopeless." Biden v. Trump, okay. fuck life. Be of, yeah. Um, but um, why wouldn't he choose Warren? Like, wh- what does he find? Why wouldn't um, he go with her? Yeah, so uh, Warren is kind of like a bit of a Wall Street regulator. Uh, Biden is, on the other hand, his his base, his real base, is essentially uh, finance and, and Wall Street. Those are his big donors. So there's there's some tension there. Now, honestly, they maybe that would help would, him on the ticket as a concession so if they think it that would, would really help him on the ticket. It, it might. It if might help him. We wouldn't be here. I mean, we're, I don't think any of us are really Warren fans here, but uh, I, I think with Democrats in general, it would have some purchase. I don't know. I'd take her sure. over Klobuchar Harris. No, definitely. Especially like in the balancing yeah. out a little bit of Wall Street. Like, I, I just I feel like that would help him on the ticket, like regardless of, you know. I just don't think they care about what the ticket looks like. I think they're riding on the everybody hates shit. Trump enough that Good they will luck. just vote for him. Yeah. Anyway, they pissed me off. Fucking like. idiot. It pissed me off. Like, ooh. They did last time. I'm just saying. You know? They keep yeah, they doing it. They g- off. I know. They've, they've Are they going to learn? Oh, Are they going to learn? No. If they had learned, we wouldn't have what we have already. That's just the way it is. Uh, we wouldn't be, they wouldn't have been floating Biden before he even announced his candidacy had they learned anything from this. I know. I mean, I who know. did they pick for Hillary's <laughs> VP? Right afterwards, was it some progressive balance uh, the ticket? No, no, it was someone to try to sweep the centrist vote. Like she wasn't doing that herself. So, what do you think they're going to do this time? They're we going already to have do the centrist and, yeah, candidate. Paris. 
I mean, yeah, they, I, think, I think they prefer Klobuchar, although things are crazy enough right now that they may feel like he can't make that decision, but I think it's definitely their preference. So, okay, I, I, I want to, can I interject? Is that okay? I hope that's yes, okay. of course. Um, so there's a, an emotional spiral. You can find it. It's Abraham Hicks uh, who came up with it. But anyways, uh, emotionally, we go up and down a certain spiral, right? And I think collectively, we've kind of landed on some of the same emotions. Uh, and so like at the very bottom of the spiral is powerlessness, guilt, and, and I'm moving upward, insecurity, hatred, jealousy, rage, anger, Worry, doubt, impatience, irritation, frustration, pessimism, positivity, contentment, belief, hope, uh, hopefulness, optimism, happiness, enthusiasm, eagerness, passion, empowerment, love, joy, freedom. Okay, so like we are down at the bottom of this spiral. Okay, uh, generally oh, yeah. that's when people uh, also want to um, you know kill themselves and or are super desperate, right? Like. So we need to figure out methods of just moving inches up this, like, emotional spiral, right? Uh, I, I think if we focus on little wins that help us collectively move up, right? Right now, I would say, I don't know, are we at anger, rage? We're probably at rage. How do we turn rage into anger? And how do we turn anger into just worry and then doubt? You know, like, how do we do that? <laughs> I a lot of people for the first time in their life last night felt powerlessness. Yeah. A lot of people are starting at the bottom of that spiral for the very first time because of how things went. Just so we're all on the same page. Like we went down the spiral. Like now now we now we have to take people who feel powerless and get them to feel rage. Like it just from experience. Like my overwhelming feeling was a feeling of powerlessness. But you got that one. I could definitely see that, that like what happened in all the experiences and seeing the reaction of the police. But I mean, psychologically speaking for our own mental health, we have to work up this. But I mean, if we're collectively in this point of powerlessness, like that's going to take some massive action. This is generally a defining moment, right? Like, uh, but like, how are we going to let it define us? I, I think for it to be one, we'd have to find a way for the protest to actually have long-term positive impact. And the only way that seems likely to happen is if some sort of leadership emerges from that protest to make it more of a unified force driving for an aim. And it would be great if that aim could be UBI. It would be a miracle if it could be Yang or someone from here that steps into that gap to try to turn it toward more constructive positivity where it can. But yeah, we kind of need a narrative the right now. <laughs> we need a narrative to hook people's emotions onto, to carry them through it, to give them an idea of where we're going to be, what we're doing to get there, and you know, so that people feel like they're on a journey and that there's an end to it. And right now, there is no end because there is no plan. There is no end because there is no plan. Has been 2020. <laughs> The year that has no end and no one has a plan and no one knows what's going to happen or what to do. I... That's a lie. The whole Yang gang knows everything of what we're supposed to do. We, we, we just don't have an action item bullet list to use, okay? And that's a problem. I think if people could figure out that bullet list of items, like, that's all we need. That's what we need from a leader. How do we get Andrew Yang to give us that list? <laughs> 
it's hard for someone to step up and say, I am the leader. I speak for this movement yeah. of disparate, different agents, you know, and, and different coalitions. It's hard. Um, I, I think Yang pulled that off with Yang Gang by not doing that. He just stepped up and spoke not for us, but to us about our fears and our insecurities and the things we are actually going through. He, I never felt like he was trying to speak for us. Yeah, he said, here's what we can do. You're yeah. right. I think that's what we need. Difference. Are, there, are there ways that people like us could do something similar, though? Like, how do we help inspire people uh, for this next phase? Because, I mean, a lot of this group, we are leaders in our own capacity, right? We We inspire people. <laughs> Like, but how do we use that power to move the momentum in the right direction? Because obviously we've hit rock bottom. How do we go up from here? Like, maybe it's not even rock bottom. It might be even worse. Like, you know, does it have to be? Only way I see on a, like, personal level is what I said, getting out and cleaning up after the messes that are happening, trying to do damage control, trying to help hurt individuals, just meeting people where their human needs are. I I don't know what else we can do. That's kind of our whole shtick. And I think it's what's needed right now. I just don't know how that turns into shaping. You know, I've been volunteering with uh, Humanity Forward to do the uh, meetups there to help people with social distancing. And now it's um, kind of to help people discuss these kinds of things and get them off their chests there. That's something I can do on a small basis. I think that it's a kind of a personal journey to find what you can do within your ability, because it's not like uh, there's a one-size-fits-all solution for any one of us as an individual. I, I know what I'm doing as me is anytime, so, anytime I see someone misunderstanding that this is one group rioting is explaining that it wasn't that right. peaceful protests happened and peaceful protests were attacked by the cops and the rioters were just rampant right. and it was not the same group. Right. That's my takeaway, too, is like all you can do is have conversations and try to help people understand why this is happening. And like uh, the pandemic and the financial instability is uh, largely why this is happening. And then that's a really organic conversation into talking, talking to people about like ways we can move forward as a country to ensure that its uh, constituents have financial stability. Um, Really organic way to bring up bring up UBI. Um, yeah, that 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 doesn't seem pushy because like you can sit there and be like that would have been that would have been so amazing during this quarantine. You know, having that steady source of income, and you know, people get confused and they're like, "How is that possible? Like, what do you mean? I could have had a had a little vacation. Like, what do you mean?" Um, and that's that's really good, great to talk about. And like the relief that would have given to marginalized communities, the reason that this is happening is because the pandemic adversely affected marginalized communities. It railed them because our infrastructure is built on racist foundations. It wasn't built for them to succeed. It's it's rooted in all of our infrastructures. And because like it, you could see it so rampantly during the pandemic and just, you know, having conversations with people about ways we can move forward. You know, it just kind of clicked in my mind that uh, I, I, I'm kind of getting off track here. Uh, but uh, whenever Congress decides they're going to get back in session, uh, the next Heroes Cares Act or whatever the legislation is going to be, there's going to be billions of dollars for the police department. I'm calling it now. Yeah. Oh, you're probably definitely. Right. You're probably right. And it's, you know, the hashtag trended defund the police today and we're getting the opposite. Um, from both sides, for sure. 
from terms of Democrats probably as much as the Republicans. And it's just like, what does one do? I don't know. I don't want anyone to get hurt. And, and it seems like no matter what, people are getting hurt. You know, if we go back to if we can go back to the way things were, people were getting hurt, dying, killing themselves at record levels. I'm oh, I, I will. I'm laughing because just don't know what to say. It's so absurd. Or you know, we keep rioting and protesting and like terrible wars, the civil war. Who knows? The terrible things could happen. More people getting hurt. I don't want anyone to get hurt. It just seems like we're at a place where there's no good solutions at the moment. It's a bad time to make uh, matters even worse. Um, this has nothing to do with anything. But if it happens, holy shit, it will really descend us even further into chaos. China and India are on the verge of war right now. I don't know if anybody knows that. It's not even I... in the news. No, so like, what? Yeah, yeah, they yeah, have... They have troops oh, yeah. right on the border with each other. Our they're news is busy. Our they're news clashing. Is I'm done. You know? <laughs> this is the first time that I um I've heard of that. You, t- yeah. you know, it's a good thing that in this crazy age we've gotten back to sort of human to human news transfer because it's actually more effective than like Twitter at the moment. I just learn things here that I don't oh, yeah. in scrolling through hours worth of stupid you know tweets every day. And that's how it was last <sighs> night too. We we had like I had a few. Um, one or two friends, and I'd get like calls from them. I got a call when the uh, the cop car also started on fire, and they were like, they were like, cop cars on fire, not on the news yet, or like just things like that, like buildings on fire, not on the news yet. And it's like, okay, yeah, like it is. I think it's very social media people, kind, people. Of, kind of evolved a little bit over this. Like people are getting used to talking to each other over like Discord and face to face again instead of through text and such because. We kind of miss seeing each other from the social distancing, so we've kind of reintegrated the human element back into the internet a little bit, and I do think that if anything good comes from it, it could be that. It could be. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, from that, I, the, the boom of, like, virtual reality and, like, oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah. If we make it through Next this pandemic, change, we'll be ready. the technology is going to be amazing and very well yeah, integrated. Yeah. You'll, you'll straight up be able to, like, upload your whole self into, like, a chat room. It's going to be lit. Um. Anyway, <laughs> we just got I'm uploaded an avatar. I'm young. Not I'm, young. I'm, I'm getting too old for this. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad no, like I'm. You know, we uh we try to have a, a variety of opinions represented, and it's it's hard to kind of reach outside of your own demographic these days. So I'm glad that we have all uh, you know someone who is young, someone someone who says lit. In earnest. <laughs> Uh, ironically, in earnest, it started. It started ironically. God, that's that's the worst part about growing up in my wow. family. But like, still being young is you started ironically, and then you're just saying. Well, we'd love to have you back anytime. Um, please come back and and and, and contribute your 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 young lit perspective to uh to our old gross show. No, it's um. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, oh I'm no. Just around, man. I'm all tired. Um, but seriously, but thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, it was moving, genuinely, and inspiring. And uh, I'm really happy that we could record it right the day after it happened. It's historic. So thank you so much. And you are welcome anytime. If you'd like to become a regular, uh, you may come back anytime. Uh, or if you just want to pop in whenever you like it, please do. Um, and a UBA advocate is pretty much welcome to come to the Yang Yang Roundtable sometime and say hello. So um, it's 6 o'clock. I think um, those... It's a good time to call it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick Craig out of here. Um, we all introduce ourselves, so everyone just want to say goodbye. Uh, we so don't have to do it one at a time. We can just all, as a group, say goodbye and um, thank you for watching. Bye.
I enjoyed the podcast today. It was very good. I feel a little better. I was feeling super stressed this morning. I've been crying because all this is like hitting too close to home. You know, like too many people I know from all over the fucking world are getting like, you know, affected. I mean, even in Canada, apparently there's like some police stuff going on in Canada. And uh, like someone got pushed off the balcony. It's being investigated. I heard that too. I heard that too. And yeah, so... We'll, so, we'll we'll cover that next time. Yeah, but like that's uh, pretty <laughs> But uh Yeah, that's crazy. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace yeah. out.